So, amen. So the blood covenant, we're, we're on to week four of the blood covenant this morning. But before I go into the, the short message I have on the blood covenant, um, I want to uh, talk about something that I believe the Holy Spirit has put on my heart. Yesterday, I was speaking to Pastor Bernie and talking about um, some things that, you know, um, there's needs everywhere in the church down in air. Praise God, the church is flourishing. But there are a lot of people with needs and and, uh, you know, um, he said to me, just don't forget, it, the Word is everything. God's Word is everything. Stay in it, be in it, read it, meditate on it, and speak it all the time. Confess it. And the more we do that, the more it will change our life. And um, we all need a radical life change. Still, we still our, lives are being, our, our lives are being transformed day by day. And it's the Word that helps us to do that. And so we're in this period right now known as Lent, and it's a commemoration. Remember that Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness. The end of that, um, Satan came to tempt him, and Jesus defeated him by the Word. So he speaks the Word. And um, the words that Satan brought, the temptation, were trumped by the Word that Jesus spoke, because Jesus says, it is written. And as soon as you say it is written, that's it. Because you are speaking the unadulterated word of God, never change. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. How many times have we been tempted to add to it or take away from it to try and suit our own situation? <laughs> and so the word is paramount in our lives. And the word is the thing that can turn situations around. And recently, I've been speaking to a couple of people and the subject of depression has come up. And depression is a very real thing. You see it all around us. And I was speaking to my dad and I, says, I said, Dad, we need, to, we need to think and pray and think about you know, people that are on medication for depression and all of this. And he said, he said son, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Huh, is it, can it be that simple? <laughs> can it really be that simple? What is anxiety? Anxiety is the fear of something, the constant burden of fear and worry. And now, what I'm going to say just now is maybe not the strict definition of anxiety, but it's how anxiety has affected my life. So this is how, this is how I've experienced anxiety, and it's taken me to a bad place. Anxiety is to be overburdened by the care of something that weighs our hearts down, causing a heavy heart. Heaviness that induces fear of the future and life's burdens by, burdened by the choices or actions of the past. For my part, it was guilt, feeling guilty and ashamed and regretting things that I did in my youth and in my, in my life. And all of this just heaped on, and it was like constant anxiety. I just felt so condemned, and I thought, well, eventually it broke it broke me. You'll, people here will know the same feeling. Eventually, that's what happens. And it's because 
Anxiety, according to Proverbs, weighs down the heart of a man. Now, what, 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 what else is in your heart? Your heart is the seat of courage. So if your heart is the seat of your bravery and your courage, and anxiety takes over your heart, you're going to be timid, and you're going to run out of courage. And all we need to live in this life is God's Word and the courage to speak it and to declare it. Amen. So, a good word, <laughs> a good word makes it glad. Now, I've had good words. I had good words from my friends here this morning. I've spoken to people, and they've said things. I'm already encouraged. I feel encouraged already. I just came to church already, feel encouraged. All right? A good word is a word of promise, of which the Bible is full of promises. A good word could be good counsel from your friends, your Christian friends. Or a good word could be glad tidings or a good report. But here's the word here that we can really go to for a good word, a word in season. And whether we read the word or we hear the word, we've got to get the word into us. It's a must. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And I've discovered that the word can fight on its own. It doesn't need me to do anything else. The word can fight on its own. It stands by itself. Amen. I have, comp I have compromised the word by contaminating it, by adding to it or taking away from it. And the thing is, we go back to Jesus in the wilderness, it is written. And so, I've, I've, I'm, I was going to say I've learned. That would be a silly thing to say because <laughs> still learning. I'm learning just to speak the word. Just take the word and declare the word. Speak the word. So, because when I begin to add to it or take away from it, I contaminate it with my own fear, my own doubts about things and everything else. Amen. So, I wanted to throw that out there this morning. A good word makes the heart glad, and anxiety, anxiety in the heart of man weighs it down. A few translations speak in different terms, but it causes it to be depressed. And um, this morning, as we talk about the blood covenant, we're going to talk quickly about the Day of Atonement. That was the Day of Atonement, which um, in uh, God's people, they still celebrate today. And then after the Day of Atonement, what do they have? The Feast of tabernacles. So, after the shedding of blood comes the rejoicing that blood has been shed for our sins. And so, um, we've got so much to be ha happy about this morning. Amen? So, we do. So, the blood covenant part four. How many of us have grown up in church or in places and we've sung about the blood of Jesus? We sing songs about the blood how it saved us, how it redeemed us, how precious it is. But why is the blood of Jesus something to sing about? Why is it something that if you, you go to the old hymns or the songs, we could pull out reams of songs on the blood? The reason why it's something to sing about is because by the blood, we have the power to overcome. That's why it's something to sing. We have the ability to be God's champions 
by the blood of Jesus. And that's why it's, that's why it's important to sing about it. Uh, who likes to sing? In the mornings. Re sing in the morning. Rejoice in the morning. Remind yourself of the blood. Amen. We're going to sing together later on um, about the blood this morning. So I think what the Holy Spirit's doing in our church at the moment, he wants us to get a deeper understanding of the blood, of the covenant, and so that we can understand how do we take the blood of Jesus, how do we use it in our speech, in our thinking, how do we apply the blood of Jesus in our lives? Somebody at some point in time, in some point in time, has to get outside the house and put the blood on the doorposts. So at some point in time, we have to physically apply the blood, okay? That has to happen. And the more knowledge we have of this, the better application we can move on with. We can apply the blood better, okay? So um, we probably, I don't have my phone with me, but we probably all own technology today, all right? That's far cleverer than me, I have to say, but under, very underutilized by myself. I've got an iPhone that has got all these apps on it, all right? And I, if I need something useful to help me do something, I can go to an app library and I can find an app that will help me to do something, like how to, how to build a, a helicopter. I bet, you there's, I bet you there's an app for that. I bet you there is. You know, or how to, do, how to do this, you know, or, or how to get your passport photo taken for free. <laughs> like last week. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you there's an app. So there's all of these, uh, there's all of these thousands of uh, apps, all right? Okay. And in a more general sense, there's probably many things in our lives that have this potential, but it's been unreleased. We have limited knowledge of the potential that we have. And, um, you know, so I thought this app thing was quite good because there's apps out there that can help us and they help us to apply something. But if we have no knowledge of it or we don't know it exists, we can't use it. As that's the point I've, I've, I'm making. God's word reminds us that his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we need the knowledge to know what's there so that we can operate with that knowledge. Now, we've spent a few weeks, we did the old covenant, the new covenant, what it means to be in covenant. Craig and I did the figure of eight, and we had all sorts of exchanging of weapons and coats and everything else. Now we can move on a little bit and begin to share on the application of the blood, okay? The blood, the access that, that is granted to us by the blood. Um, I think it's, um, uh, let me see if I've got the scripture here. Hebrews 10.19, sorry media guys, this is the very last scripture and I'm going to it first. Um, what do you know? Um, we, we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us. So the blood gives us access into the holy, holiest place, all right? So we've got that there. And pleading the blood. Have you anyone heard of that term before, plead the blood? Honoring the blood and embedding our confessions in the blood. You know, we can make a lot of, we can say a lot of, spout a lot of empty words 
and confessions, but we have to be mindful of the blood, embed the blood into our confessions. Amen? So I want to start by relating a true story to you. Friends of my mom and dad's, they've been in this church long ago. I don't know, Barbara, if you remember, and marry Pastor Mark Hankins. Um, they were here in Scotland. They've been here a couple of times. They have a church themselves, and they had a little girl in their church who had a rare cancer, a lymphoma cancer, and the little girl had to have a bone marrow transplant, otherwise she wouldn't survive. So they needed to find a donor who was compatible with the little girl, and then um, what they do is they take the cells from the donor and they infuse the donor cells into her, the little girl's body. And the ultimate destination is the bone marrow. I'm, and I'm, I might be, if I'm wrong on this, I'm really sorry, but I've tried to explain it as best I can. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But so it, I believe the procedure involves both the blood and marrow replacement in the recipient, okay? So when the, the transplant is complete, the new bone marrow begins to initiate the production of new blood cells, okay? And so healthy blood cells begin to form. So they were looking for a donor and they couldn't find a donor. Eventually, after many months, they found a donor and they, did, they found a match and so they began to introduce the blood cells. Now, I didn't know this, but part of this procedure involves radiotherapy to kill off, if that's the right word, the, the, her, the little girl's own cells, okay? And so um, this, this happens before introducing the new cells into her body or some, there must be some overlap, I'm guessing. The the, the operation was a success. The outcome of this whole transplant um, was that, and there were some drastic changes in this little girl's condition overall, her skin condition, her hair, but her marrow and her blood type had been altered forever by the introduction of these cells. And um, the little girl's DNA doesn't change. She keeps her DNA, but... After the transplant, the, 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 the recipient has two sets of DNA in her body. Her, their own DNA is found in most of their cells, but the donor's DNA is found in the blood and immune system cells, which is really interesting. So the donor's blood donated cells strengthen the immune system and of, of the recipient. I thought, wow, that's... Isn't God amazing, the way he's designed? Because of this situation, if the little girl ever needed an organ transplant in the future, the match wouldn't be found in her own donor family line, in her, her own natural family line. It would be found in the donor's family line. I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. Amen? So the, this incurable condition is cured by a change in where the source of the blood is produced. And this not only changed her condition and made her well again, but it actually produced physical characteristics in her. And I have checked, I have done some fact-checking on this, and some people do experience 
differences in their skin and their hair color and things like this. It's very radical. I want to take a parallel from this this morning, and I want to compare it to our spiritual condition. Our spiritual nature was diseased by sin from Adam's nature, okay? Adam's disobedience. There was no cure for this state. There was no cure until we know. There was no cure. So in the same way that this little girl was cured from an incurable disease by finding the right match, the right donor, we were saved from our sin problem by the right match, the right donor. Amen. Jesus Christ. He, he was the one that made what was incurable, fixable, curable, eternal round forever. So when we receive Jesus, and if there's anyone sitting in this building this morning who never said yes to Jesus, never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm praying today will be your day. I'm praying, you, I'm praying that in the days and times we live in, you're not going to waste time and put it off for too long. Strike when you have an opportunity. How many, I've lost so many opportunities. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I'm never going to get that time back, am I? He's like, no, you won't. <laughs> you should have done it then. And so when we receive Jesus, we receive divine life, God's life. We receive it by the blood of Jesus. And not only does it give us eternal life, but it changes our characteristics as well. Amen? So we now, when we talk about a new creation, when we think of it in terms of the blood, we think, ah, the blood produced, produced something new for me in my body, in my life. Amen? And this reality is available to anyone that says yes to Jesus. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrated his own love towards us. I, you know what? I bet you, I know that there are people and I've met them who think I'm unlovable, unfixable. You can't sort me. If I walk into your church, it's going to burn down. Anyone heard that before? No one is too far. No one in whatever faith or religion they've pursued, whatever deeds they've done, no one is too far away from the love of Jesus and because God is forgiving. And if we repent, he will forgive us and he will, yeah, he will forgive us of our sins. His grace is sufficient for us. Amen. And so um, God's demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Amen. The blood of Jesus freed us from the dominion of Satan. The blood of Jesus has broken the chains off of our lives. If we have faith in the blood of Jesus, we can live a new reality in our life. I had a, sale, I had a sales manager one time, and you could never say anything negative in, in, around him because he'd always say the same thing. David, perception's reality, man. Yeah, that, you know, it's like every sales meeting. Why haven't you sold enough cars this month? Well, you know, you can, perception's reality. You know, it's like, 
ah, oh, you know, and, and that's it. But, you know, it, it, our perceptions change when we let Jesus come in to our lives. He begins to, our eyes that were once blind begin to see, and we begin to see a new reality dawning like before us. Amen. So what reality is this? What reality would it be in your life liberated from the curse of the law of sin and death, liberated, liberated from depression, liberated from sickness, liberated from um, disease, all of these things. And I'm going to go on and explain how the blood really applies this by believing, not just believing in the heart, but confess, speaking out, confessing, confessing as well, we can apply the blood of Jesus to every area of our lives, every single area. Amen? There were two things that the blood restored that were lost through Adam's nature and his disobedience. What were the two things that were lost? The first thing that Adam lost was fellowship. That was immediately separated from God. No longer those nice walks through the Garden of Eden in the cool of the evening. You know, there was a separation because of that. What was the second thing that Adam lost? Dominion. He no longer was the man in charge. His rulership of what God had given him, he lost that, all right? So, what does the blood restore? Fellowship and dominion. That's what it restores. Amen. He, um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 6, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So fellowship's been restored and dominion was returned to us, all right? Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, who, which man are we talking about? Adam. If by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, him, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the, I'm going to paraphrase, the other one, the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I, I, know what, I know that if I ask people in this room this morning, what does reigning in life look like to you? I'm probably going to get a load of different answers. Like, what does being victorious look like to you? What does reigning in life look like to you? Amen? But in this context, in Romans 5, I believe it means to exercise dominion the way a king does. And that should determine the way in which we think about it. It doesn't really matter what you think reigning in life looks like. It only matters what the Bible says reigning in life looks like. Can we agree on that this morning? Because we could, you could, someone could disagree, fair enough, we could argue forever. But this is what the Bible says. If, one man's, if by one man's offense death reigned, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So it means to reign like a king, to have dominion like a king, amen? So when we read Isaiah 53 or 1 Peter 2, 24, 
And we've read them a thousand times probably. Have we ever read these things in connection with the blood? So let's read them quickly. NLT version first, Isaiah 53, 4. Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But no, he was pierced for our rebelliousness and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. That's the New Living Translation. But if you go to verse 5 in the New King James Version, it says he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now think about, think about this next sentence like this. And by the flowing of his blood, we are healed. By his stripes. When he was striped, when he was whipped, do you think those wounds remained dry? No, they bled. So think when we begin to move forward, think about our lives in terms of the blood. By the flowing of his blood, we were healed. Amen? And he was bruised. You know what? What is a bruise? A bruise is blood that gathers underneath the skin. That's what a bruise is. Going through life and getting the knocks of life, negative things of life, abuse and all of that is like having bruises under your skin. They're just, they're there. They affect our lives. The wounds we suffer in life result in addictive behavior, damaging behavior. The wounds that we've received and suffered through life, the bruises on our life, they begin to form our thoughts and they begin to change our hearts. Amen? And so there's things that you can do to cover a wound. You could put makeup on to cover a wound. It just covers it, though. It doesn't heal the bruise. It doesn't make it go away. The only thing that can reach the places where you cannot, you can cover it and conceal it, the only thing that can reach these places and heal them is the blood of Jesus. That's the only thing. And the blood of Jesus can, is in present in the highest place that we know, which is in heaven. And it's also in the lowest places of our lives, the lowest place that you've ever been in your life, the blood is there for you too. Isn't that amazing? Amen. And when the blood comes to bring healing to these places, even the memory of these things becomes free. And I think that's quite good because it's the memory, the, re the memory, the reliving the abuse, reliving all of these things that really keeps us hurt and, and bruised. And, and, and so, wow, there's blood for you. The blood of Jesus is there for you this morning. It's in the highest place and it's here in the lowest place as well, the lowest places of our life. When we apply the blood in faith, we exert dominion over the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. You've got to apply the blood. You might be interested in the blood. You might the blood might give you, you, it might be a sensational thing or it might, you know, blood, you know, and you might believe in the blood, but unless you apply the blood, it'll never do any good. And so 
In the old covenant, they put the, they used a hyssop branch and they dipped it in the lamb's blood and they put that on the doorpost. How do we apply the blood? Now, our mouths are the hyssop branches that we use to apply the blood. So now we apply the blood by speaking, by declaring it, amen? And that's it, our mouths are the hyssop branches. We declare regularly by faith. Every day, I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the blood. And then you begin, you can incorporate into your daily confession the blood of Jesus, amen? The blood of Jesus. Begin to speak the scriptures that apply to it, which you'll find in your Bible. If anyone doesn't have a Bible, I've got lots of Bibles. You can come and see me afterwards and you can get a Bible. Find the, find the scriptures that speak about that and apply it. Every word of the new covenant is sealed by the blood of Jesus, amen? Spend time in your, in your Father's presence. Spend time drawing near to Him, worshiping Him. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin ministering to you, washing over you, cleansing you, cleansing your mind, the washing of the water of the Word over our mind and through our hearts, all of these things. And so these things, when we begin to do it mindful of the blood, things begin to change because the blood is powerful. Amen. Isaiah 1.18, we're nearly, we're nearly finished. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Although your, skin, your, your, skin, although your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. You go and look at the word, there's so many things. Rahab, Rahab had to let a scarlet cloth out of her window so that she would be kept safe when the armies came in. Amen. You know, if you look through the word so many times, the application of the blood, the, the, the crimson represents the blood. The, 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 two, the, the two goats, one goat was the sacrificial goat in the temple. The other goat was the scapegoat. They tied crimson uh, material around the horns of the, of the goats. One was in the temple and one was taken out into the desert. And so what would happen would be that the high priest would send one of the Levites out into the desert and he would go all the way out into the desert with the scapegoat. And then he would take the, the material, divide it in two and tie a bit onto the rock and leave the other one on the goat. And then he would cast off the goat over a precipice, over a cliff. And miraculously, the other crimson cloths would turn pure, white. And the, the other Levite had to stay out. He was not allowed to come back to the temple until the message had got there. Of course, it would already have happened in the temple where the mercy seat was. The blood is there. But all the way along, scouts would be there. And when the, the sign was that the scapegoat had, scapegoat had been cast off, they would wave cloths. And that would get back to the temple. And then the Levite, would, the, the priest would come back again. These are all so powerful when we think about that, that, that it's been cast off and, and though our skins are, were like scarlet, they are now washed white as snow. And how many songs do we have about that? Amen. We have loads, loads and loads. So as we speak the word out, the blood is applied to our situations. Where is the power of God? 
it's in his word. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. Amen. So the power of God is in the word and in the blood, in his blood. Amen. And when we begin to just begin to speak out in faith, the Holy Spirit is hovering and he's like, oh, I've heard Betty this morning making faith declarations. As soon as we begin to change our speech and we begin to speak out in faith, the Holy Spirit is attracted. He's attracted. So he comes to do the supernatural work to heal our minds, to heal our souls, to heal our hearts, to heal our bodies, our will, our emotions. All we need to do is engage our mouth and begin to speak it out. Amen. After we've spoken it out, what do we do next? Feast of tabernacles. We begin to rejoice. We begin to praise and sing. And if you think about that, it's just like the woman who reached out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. You know, it's, it's the kind of reaching out, song, praise, rejoicing. She was made completely and continuously whole. When we begin to follow through with our faith declarations, with dancing and singing and rejoicing, I believe that's the thing that consummates and makes the thing, seals it. Because God's like, my daughter has given me thanks today for what I've done. My son has given me thanks today. I believe that's amazing. Amen. Last verse, I think. Galatians 3, verse 13. All right. Abraham's blessings are ours. Jesus was in the lineage of Abraham. And according to the scripture, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. If you're a Gentile, put your hand up. Yeah, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Abraham's blessings are ours. Amen. God said to Abraham, I will be your son and your shield. He will be your son and your shield. Amen. 1 Peter 1.18, we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from our aimless conduct received by tradition from our fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Amen? So that our faith and hope is in God. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. That seed, I believe, is placed seed in our lives that will not be corrupted. Amen? Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He leads us into the confession of God's word. How do I know what to say? How do I know how to apply the blood? The Holy Spirit will come and he will motivate that through us. He will teach us how to plead the blood. He will bring scriptures that talk about the blood back to our remembrance. Oh, but Pastor David, I've got the worst memory ever. I forget everything. I can't even remember any. The Holy Spirit will help us to remember God's word. He'll bring things back to our remembrance. He'll prompt us to plead the blood whenever it is needed Amen? The Holy Spirit will help us 
from the praise team right to the back of the church, he will help us to sing and rejoice over our redemption. He will give us, I think this is a perfect, I'm going to say this prophetically. The Holy Spirit will give us redemptive songs to sing, redemption songs to sing. Amen. We enjoy so much great praise and worship from all over the world. But praise and worship, I've never lacked, the, never doubted one minute there's going to be praise and worship that will come out of this place. And it's going to change the whole of Scotland. You know, it's whenever, you know, I get, so, I, get, I get so frustrated sometimes because if you're ever looking for media, you know, like you want something to back up a service or something, you'll have seen the media we use. Like, this is all American and Canadian and this. I'm like, where's all the Scottish stuff? Well, we got, we got, we're, we're, we're like a whole nation of inventors. We invented stuff before, so we just got to do it again. Amen. Yeah, this, the, oh, come on, Scottish people, rise up and invent some more stuff. Sing some more new songs, man, and do all that kind of stuff. Redemption songs that will come out of this place. I've prayed it over the praise team. A native sound. You know, a na- we, I mean, we have some of the best music in the world. We have, you know, the only other place, when you go to Africa and you, you discover the rhythm of Africa, and you're like, this is amazing, you know. This is in these people. I'm like, but there's a sound of Scotland. There's a sound of the people of Scotland. There's a sound of the church in Scotland as well. And we need the Holy Spirit to release that. Amen? He, we need him to release that, and he will. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. Uh, for future content, please subscribe. And if anything spoke to you or was relevant to you, please leave a comment. If you want to find out more about the church, how to support the ministry or connect with us, then go to bridge-church.com. So until next time, thank you for joining us and goodbye.